0: Hello, and welcome to WRFI's candidate interview for the newly redistricted New York 19th Congressional District. I'm Fred Balfour. New York's 19th is a nationally watched, tight race between Republican Mark Molinaro and Democrat Josh Riley. The election day this year is November 8th, and early voting starts Saturday, October 29th. We'll give you the place you can find your early voting locations at the end of this broadcast. In the studio with us today is Josh Riley, a lawyer and former Senate staffer and the Democratic candidate for the 19th District. Josh Riley, welcome to WRFI and thanks for joining us. Thanks
1: so much for having me, Fred. Really appreciate it. And all your uh, listeners, thanks for spending some time with us.
0: We'll start out with an opening statement from you and then we'll move to the issues. At the end, we'll leave time for two minutes of a closing statement. Josh, the mic is yours for an opening statement.
1: Sure. Well, really appreciate the opportunity to spend some time. You, you covered the number one thing. I wanted to remind everybody. Uh, today, which is the early voting starts on Saturday, and our election is coming up here on November 8th. And it's never been as important to make your voice heard. We are facing some huge threats right now uh, to our country and to our region here in upstate New York. Uh, I, I'm often asked, what is this election about uh, abortion or is it about economy? And I, I often say yes. Uh, for, for me, I think this, this race is about jobs and justice. Uh, justice because we have seen constitutional rights ripped away in recent months. Uh, We have seen the beginning of potentially, if we don't fight back and get on guard, uh, the unraveling of the civil rights movement, we're seeing our democracy hanging by a thread. Uh, This is the first national election since... Uh, first nationwide uh, election since January 6th. And I think it's really important for folks to step up and send a message that uh, we will not allow that to ever happen again. And it's also about jobs. Uh, You know, a lot of folks across upstate New York are really struggling to get by right now. Costs are way too high. And that's happening at the same time that corporate profits are soaring. We've seen, for example, the top four or five oil companies make billions and billions of dollars in profits. At the same time that I'm hearing from families across this district who can't even afford to fill up their tank, we've got pharmaceutical companies, uh, spending tons of money buying and selling politicians, uh, at the same time that we've got seniors on fixed incomes who are cutting back on the groceries because they can't afford their medicines. And so we need to strengthen the economy for the middle class, give people a, a real shot to get into the middle class and to stay there. We do that by investing in them and by creating really good jobs that lift everybody up, bring everybody along. And, uh, I'm focused on, on doing that. A really bold, optimistic, hopeful vision, um, I think that uh, this election, in a lot of ways, is about change versus the status quo. My opponent's been doing this for 30 years and hasn't, look, look what, where that's gotten us. I think we need new voices, new vision, new leadership, and, and that's what I'm offering.
0: Okay, Josh, thanks for that opening statement. I want to follow up on some of the points you made and get a little more nuanced uh, discussion. And uh, democracy in America is the critical uh, top of, one of the top of the list here. It's coming under attack consistently now, whether it was last year's insurrection on January 6th, or the Supreme Court's more subtle rollback of voting rights nine years ago. What can you do as a representative, help us understand, to secure the voting rights of every American?
1: Yeah, well, I, this is a great question. The the case you were referring to nine years ago, I think you're referring to uh, Shelby County versus That's Holder. Correct. That's correct. Um, a case that gutted uh, the Voting Rights Act. I was actually counsel in the United States Senate when that decision came down, and I immediately went to work uh, with my colleagues, uh, the other attorneys in the Senate, to work on legislation to restore the Voting Rights Act. We held hearings on that, and that is work that remains unfinished, and it's something that I will... Uh, that I will work on. We should make it easier to vote, not harder. And our democracy functions only if everybody has a voice, and everybody has a voice only if everybody has a vote. And we have a, a you know history in this country of uh, disenfranchising certain people, and that cannot stand. And so I'll support uh, restoration of the Voting Rights Act. But the threats to our democracy are much broader than that, of course. Uh, everything from, for example, the Electoral Count Act, which is a century-old statute that governs the transition of power. Uh, ambiguities in that statute were exploited by um, the Trump administration's lawyers to uh, feed the the big lie that the election was stolen. Uh, so that statute needs to be updated, and I think we can do that in a bipartisan way. I have a host of other ethics reforms that I think we need to undertake. I've uh, written about these. I've published these. They include things like. Uh, We should ban members of Congress from trading stocks. Uh, The purpose of public service is to serve the public, not yourself. Uh, We should end partisan gerrymandering. Uh, That's the system where districts are drawn to favor Republicans or Democrats. We should have competitive districts like this one where people have to reach across the aisle and find common ground. I think members of Congress should have to live in the district that they're trying to represent. Uh, My opponent, he wasn't born here. I was. He wasn't raised here. I was. He doesn't live here. I do. He can't vote for himself. I can. Uh, I think people should have representation that comes from the community uh, that's being represented. And then finally, you know, we've got to get uh, the corrupting influence of corporate money out of our politics. We should overturn Citizens United, and we should get all the dark money, special interests uh, out of our politics. All of those things are needed to, to strengthen our democracy.
0: So... Can you be a little more specific about what can go on on the floor of the House as, as you get there and you start arguing? You mentioned two or three different types of bills that might appear. I'd like to hear uh, some specific kinds of things. What might be in those bills? How would you push them forward?
1: Sure. I can give you an example with the one that we opened with, with the Voting Rights Act. So um, the Shelby County decision that you referenced, basically what that did was it held that Section 5 of the Voting Rights Act was unconstitutional. Uh, That provision, what it did was it had something called preclearance. And what that meant was uh, states with a history of discrimination, before making changes to their voting rules, they had to get approval from independent experts at the United States Department of Justice. As soon as that was uh, taken off the books, what we saw was a a bunch of localities um, put in place discriminatory laws. And so uh, legislation could be done to restore the vote. Section 5 Um, I would expect that to move through various committees, and, you know, you you could package it with other bills. You could get it as a standalone on the floor. There's a lot of ways to do it.
0: Thanks for that more detail. That's important. Let's go back to manufacturing and jobs, which you mentioned in your opening comments. Uh, What I would say is the southern tier used to have a tremendous amount of manufacturing jobs. Many small companies started, and some grew to be very large employers. What can Congress do and what can you do in Congress to, in, A, encourage new companies to start and bring new manufacturing jobs to locate in the 19th?
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's absolutely right. <clears throat> and I think, excuse me, and we have to, we should remember this. I, I'm really, really proud of my very deep roots in upstate New York. My family's been here for generations working in those plants. My folks came here to work in the Endicott Johnson shoe factories where they were tanners. Uh, they worked in the IBM plants where my dad was a maintenance worker in the waste treatment facility. And one thing we have done in upstate New York over the years is we make the things the world needs to address its biggest challenges. You know, the, the shoe factory in Endicott, we made the boots that soldiers wore when we trampled fascism in the world wars. Uh, we made, um, In this area, Smith Corona up in Cortland, we made the the cipher machines that helped intercept enemy plots. Uh, We made the television sets that folks watched a person land on the moon, right? That's not something that just happened far away in outer space. It happened in your living room because we made TVs here in upstate New York. And so I want us to do in the future what we've done in the past, which is make the things uh, that are needed to change the world. Right now, what that means is uh, bringing down costs. Uh, we need to make things in America. We need to make things in upstate New York that includes semiconductors. You know, we've gone in a generation, we shipped all of our semiconductor manufacturing overseas. And so it's no wonder now we're seeing bottlenecks at the ports, we're seeing prices are high. No reason we can't make that stuff here in upstate New York. Uh, the Climate change is a huge challenge. It's also one of the biggest economic opportunities that we've ever had and it is an opportunity for us to start manufacturing solar panels. We should be manufacturing uh, lithium ion batteries to save the sun when the sun's not shining, save the wind when the wind's not blowing. Good jobs, good wages, good benefits, a clear path to the middle class, and also work that we can be really proud of because it is is literally going to save the planet, and we're gonna do it right here in upstate New York.
0: If you're just joining us, we're talking to Josh Riley, the Democratic candidate for Congress in New York's 19th Congressional District. I want to poke a little more at, at climate change. You mentioned it in, in your previous comment there. But um, this summer, we saw a very real local version of that. The drought conditions in the southern tier meant that many farmers did not get a second cutting of hay. And dairy is one of our giant industries here. Crop failures like this will cause food prices to rise. Also, when food prices rise, child hunger increases. It's already over 14% in New York State. What can be done in Congress to slow or reverse climate deterioration?
1: Uh, A a ton of things. We could have an entire show just on this question. Let me just tell you a couple of them. Number one, uh, the Farm Bill, which is the the major piece of federal policy that governs our national agriculture uh, policy, Uh, That needs to be reauthorized in the next Congress, and I'm committed to being a voice at the negotiating table on that bill, a voice for small farms across upstate New York, because what's happened over the last few decades is what we have seen happen in all sectors of our economy. Big corporations have consolidated and they've become conglomerates. So, we have the bill now is dominated by big ag. And what they do is they create corporate packs, they buy a bunch of politicians, and then they have them go to Washington and do what's best for big ag instead of small farmers in upstate New York. So, when we reauthorize the farm bill, we need to make sure that our small farmers in upstate New York are getting the support they need. Um, our farmers are better than anybody when it comes to environmental protection and conservation they 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 are the best, and we should be supporting them and making it easier for them to do the things they want to and need to do uh, instead of forcing them to just continually hang on by a thread., uh, the ton of other things we need to do. we talked a little bit about the job creation opportunities. Uh, w- one of the the most promising uh, things that's happening right now in upstate New York is the development of supply chains and an uh, economic ecosystem around clean energy storage, uh, if we can do that successfully, if we can cut through the partisan division and deadlock and, and dysfunction in Congress and actually do that work, um, I think over the long term that's going to uh, create a lot of jobs and, and address climate change.
0: Let me do a postscript on the farming issue. Farming is a major industry in the 19th District. There's over a million acres of farms and nearly all are owner-occupied, right. not big ag. Inflation Reduction Act, which passed earlier this year, included over $3.1 billion for loan relief for farmers. Has this impacted people in the 19th? Do they know about it? Is it getting money in the pockets of our farmers?
1: This is a a really important question because a lot of folks, I think, um, understand that a big role uh, that you have as a member of Congress is to pass laws and to vote on laws. Another really important Uh, responsibility is to make sure that existing laws are implemented correctly. And so there's a host of bills like the one you just mentioned and the loan forgiveness uh, program for farmers, uh, access to credit programs for farmers that are, that are new. Uh, And one of my biggest roles is to conduct uh, the oversight that's necessary to make sure uh, those are being implemented correctly. Part of that will be uh, just really uh, good constituent services. So we're going to have a full-time person Who's full? Uh, uh, somebody on staff whose full-time job is grant management and making sure people across the community understand what federal uh, resources like this are available. Um, and so I'm excited to see that uh, get implemented. There's a host of other recently enacted uh, pieces of legislation, including, for example, the, uh, the bipartisan infrastructure law. That includes a lot of funding for things like broadband uh, development, other um, uh, infrastructure resiliency uh, projects, and so we have we have a lot of work ahead of us, really exciting work ahead of us to make sure those federal investments are coming home.
0: Let me take an issue that affects farmers, but also affects the rest of us. Property tax means property tax is the way New York structured its tax um, approach a, uh, a century ago because we were largely a farming state, and property tax was the way to collect them. That's not so true anymore. There's a lot more industry, financial industry. Talk about property taxes. Farmers are included in that, but all of us are included. What What is the change we could see in property taxes?
1: Yeah, so a lot of the, the property tax laws uh, in New York are governed by uh, state and local governments. What I can tell you as a candidate for Congress is how uh, I'm thinking about this at a, a, f- a federal level. Uh, and it's generally that our tax code is, uh, for the most part, rigged against working folks, small businesses, small farmers, seniors in upstate New York, and it's rigged in favor of big banks and hedge funds and and, and major corporations. Let me give you just one example. Uh, Right now, because of a provision that's been stuck in the tax code for a long time, you have hedge fund managers and investment bankers on Wall Street paying a lower tax rate than small farmers in upstate New York, uh, public school teachers like my sister is, uh, firefighters like one of my really good friends uh, from high school is, in no world is that fair. There's no reason that hedge fund managers and billionaires and investment bankers on Wall Street are paying lower tax rates than hardworking folks across upstate New York. But you know why it happens is because those hedge fund managers and those investment bankers put a whole bunch of, they, they make a boatload of money, they pay almost no taxes on it, and then they use that money to buy, to buy politicians, they form corporate packs and they buy politicians, they bankroll politicians, and then those folks end up getting into office. And when it comes time to decide whether to cut that loophole or not, everybody's beholden to the special interests. That's why it's so important in this race that I'm not taking any corporate PAC money. My, my opponent is bankrolled by it and I'm not taking a penny of it because when those decisions come up, I'm sure as hell going to fight for upstate New Yorkers over the special interests.
0: In your opening comment, I heard the word crime go by, I believe. And uh, candidates in both parties, this district, across the state, across the country, identify crime and policing as a major issue. Both parties present ideas and solutions in talking to voters across the 19th. Can you talk about your position on crime and policing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And anybody who's turned on their TV has probably seen a whole bunch of misinformation about my position on this because this is this is what's happening in the race um you know my opponent is a career politician and he's doing what career politicians do best which is lie and exploit people's fears and he has uh, some billionaire somewhere cut a four million dollar check to help him do it because they're desperate to keep me out of congress so let me be very clear about where i stand on this uh, number one I come from a law enforcement family. My mom served in law enforcement in Tioga County for nearly two decades. So, Mom, if you're listening, I'm not going to defund you. Uh, I support uh, law enforcement. Number two, um, I have a young family of my own. My son is uh, two years old, and there is nothing in the world that matters more to me than keeping him safe and secure. So this idea that I want anything other than the strongest public safety is absolutely absurd. Uh, Number three, I have a very long and proven track record on these issues. I was counsel in the United States Senate, uh, where I was the lead attorney on bills that provided more funding and more support for law enforcement. Examples are things like the Bulletproof Vest Partnership Program, things like appropriations uh, for law enforcement to make sure they have more support. And then finally... Uh, I'm endorsed by law enforcement. Uh, one example, the the sheriff in Ulster County has endorsed our campaign. He said that we, he needs partners in Washington uh, who, who can work with him and uh, has endorsed me. So uh, that's where I stand. And what we're seeing is, is just a whole bunch of desperate uh, fear-mongering and lies from the other side. And I think people are sick of that, and they're going to reject it.
0: Partners in Washington... If you're just joining us, we're talking to Josh Riley, the Democratic candidate for Congress in New York's 19th Congressional District. Josh, I don't want to make people's eyes roll back in their heads, but funding police and and funding law enforcement is typically a town, county, state issue. Mm -hmm. Can you give one simple example of what can be done at the congressional level, which is where you're running for?
1: Yeah, I can, I can give a bunch of them. And that's it's it's, Just one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, but I'll tell you, so it's it's ultimately a lot of the funding allocation decisions are made, you're right, at the state and local level, but a huge amount of the, the funding and support actually comes from Congress. So the leading bill to support law enforcement is called the Burn Justice Assistance Grants Program, the Burn JAG Program. There's a Justice Department Community-Oriented Policing Services uh, Program, which is a huge uh, source of support. The Violence Against Women Act is something that I've worked on throughout my career. And that provides a, a lot of resources for victims of crimes. It provides a lot of resources for law enforcement. So there's, there's and, and on top of all that, there's the annual appropriation, the CJS appropriations bill. So there's tons and tons of things that I have worked on uh, to provide support for law enforcement. I'm going to continue to do that.
0: Let's switch here to healthcare and recall you were in the studio in May because we had all the Democrats and Republicans running for the twenty-second.
1: Yeah, right, that seems like that seems like a long time ago.
0: <laughs> it was. <laughs> When we interviewed you then, you voiced support for a public health care insurance option through Medicare. You also said that Medicare eligibility age should be lowered to 55. Are these still your positions?
1: Yeah, I haven't changed my positions on on anything. Uh, one of the things, I'm a first-time candidate, and one of the things I said is I, th- I think people are sick and tired of uh, politicians who change their positions depending on which way the wind's blowing. Uh, I decided I'm just going to tell people what my positions are, and I think most voters appreciate Understanding an authentic position that comes from the heart instead of politicians who, who just change everything. So, sure, any position I've taken is uh, is still my position. Medicare at
0: 55, there's also calls for making Medicare the way that insurance is handled in the U.S. for every person in the U.S. You want to talk about Medicare coming down to 55 or Medicare coming down farther than that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I my, so my proposals are these. Um, <clears throat> there, there's a handful of things I want to do uh, sort of right away to make sure healthcare is more accessible and more affordable for everybody. Uh, we've talked about two of them just now briefly. We should have a public option available for folks. Uh, this this is no different from uh, you know how mail delivery is handled. You've got uh, you you've got uh, UPS and FedEx, and if you're not happy with them, if they start losing all your packages and raising the rates, you can go to the post office. You don't have to go to the post office, but it's there as an option. It actually provides more competition in the market. Uh, we've got to lower the cost of prescription drugs. There's been legislation already enacted uh, that will start doing that, but we've got so much more work to do. I want to ban uh, what's called pay-for-delay deals that basically allow the pharmaceutical industry to create cartels to keep the price of prescription drugs high. I've put out a detailed plan to, to stop that practice. Uh, and, yeah, I think we, there, there are ways to strengthen Medicare by making people eligible for it earlier uh, in, in their lives. We're getting
0: to our wrap-up point for today. Uh, Can you take a couple minutes and and summarize what you want to?
1: Sure. You know, I really, really appreciate the opportunity to do this. Um, Number one, first and foremost, most important, go vote. Uh, Early voting starts on Saturday uh this coming saturday and uh, election day is november 8th you can learn more about our campaign at josh riley for uh, there's a link there uh, for voter resources you can find out your voting locations uh, there's a link there to volunteer I actually just uh, i was running late for this interview because i was at a phone bank uh, with the teachers union uh, it's a great way to get involved in our democracy get out the vote uh, go make phone calls go knock on doors uh, this is this is a grassroots people-powered campaign And that's how we're going to win it. What we're up against is millions of dollars of dark money, corporate money. And what we are going to prove on November 8th is that a grassroots, people-powered campaign that puts working people first will beat the special interests uh, any day. That's what we're going to do. I'd love to have everybody uh, join the effort. And you can do that at our website, JoshReillyForCongress.com.
0: Okay. You've been listening to an interview with congressional candidate Josh Riley. He's running as the Democratic candidate for our newly created district, the New York 19th. Josh, thanks for joining us in the studio to discuss your campaign and your positions on key issues. Thanks so much. WRFI intended to interview both the Republican and the Democratic candidates for the 19th. Mark Molinero is the Republican candidate. We reached out to the Molinero campaign several times with no response. Remember, Election Day is November 8th. Early voting starts Saturday, October 29th. You can find in any county where your early uh, voting sites are. Go to the website VoteEarlyNY.org. For every county's there, VoteEarlyNY.org. You can listen to archive interviews and see all our news content at our website, WRFI.org. Our producer and engineer today is Felix Teitelbaum. For WRFI Community Radio News, I'm Fred Balfour.